For some, this sound is the reminder of a good time. For others, it sparks the fear of needles. And for those who have regrets, it's the sound of a bad decision. This is the sound of work in the tattooing industry. Hello, I'm Christopher Bridges, and welcome to the premiere episode of Inked Up, a podcast about the history, art, and psychology of tattoos. Here on the premiere episode of Inked Up, we will be discussing the history of tattoos, and later we hear from a local mainstream artist and senior at the Illinois Mathematics and Science Academy, Lola, to discuss art and the tattoo industry. The origin of tattoos really is unknown. The earliest known record of tattoos comes from the fossilized body of an Iceman that has been named Atsi. Atsi dates back to about 3250 BC and has recorded 61 tattoos on his body. He was discovered frozen underneath an alpine glacier among the Austrian-Italian border. It is found that tattoos during the time of Otzi's life were accepted and used as some form of medicine. The reason for this theory is the locations of Otzi's tattoos are near areas of joint and spinal degeneration. It could also mean that the location of his tattoos were just simply diagnostic and that they were used to label areas of degeneration for treatment that could be used later. Now obviously this is just a theory, so this could be very, very wrong. But it is certain that tattoos were present during the time of Otzi's life and most definitely for some time before his life. He had 61 tattoos. The first person to have tattoos would not have 61. Likely, there were many more who came before him. As a matter of fact, there actually were people that came before him with tattoos. Or at least, they think there were. In 2018, there was a paper published about the discovery of seven bodies that were from pre-dynastic times in ancient Egypt, two of which had tattoo-like markings on their bodies. These collectively have a dates ranging from 3932 to 3030 BC, but there's about a 68.2% probability that they actually fall within those dates, meaning that there is the possibility that they actually came before Otzi the Iceman, but we're not sure exactly if they came before or roughly around the same time. Either way, this showed that there was a spread throughout the world of where tattoos were present meaning that they definitely come from some central place other than the two places that they were found in. If you're interested in learning more about the Iceman Otzi or the pre-dynastic bodies that were discovered with tattoos, check out the additional resources area down below on my page for this episode. We don't know much about the exact origin of tattoos, so what do we know about the history of tattoos and how they evolved into what they are today? Well, I'm actually really glad you asked me that question because I'm here recording this by myself, all alone. Anyway, in its traditional context, tattooing most often served to induct the recipient into indigenous society as a properly enculturated community member. As a rite of passage, that belonged to the people. It also honored individual achievement and reinforced ancestral lineage ties through reenacting traditional ritual practices. In many indigenous societies, tattoos were not applied by just anyone. The actual process was usually ritualized and performed by experts who were initiated and or apprenticed into their position. Occasionally, the domain of tattooistry was reserved for priestesses, female aristocrats, healers, and shamans. The cultural tradition of warrior tattooing 
where tattoos were earned and not freely given, was also widespread across Asia, Africa, Melanesia, South America, and Polynesia. Chinese history of tattoos actually date back quite far, considering that most do not think of the Chinese when it comes to tattooing history. Ancient Chinese literature refers to folk heroes and bandits as having tattoos. It is also thought to have been fairly common for convicted criminals to be branded with a tattoo on their face. This tattoo was used to warn other members of society that this person could not be trusted. Tattooing has formed a part of Samoan cultural traditions for thousands of years. The history of tattooing in Samoa is a great example of how tattoos can form an integral part of social culture. It is believed that the modern-day English word tattoo may have originated from the Samoan word for tattoo, tato. Written records provide evidence of tattooing from the 5th century BCE in Greece. Tattoos during this era in Greece and Rome were mainly used on the outcasts of society. Criminals, prisoners of war, slaves, they would all be branded with their tattoos. But Chris, how'd they get tattoos back in the day? Bro, can't you read? There's a sign on the door. Wait a minute, why don't you have any pants on? Bro, I'm recording this alone. You know what? I don't, I don't even care. I don't, I don't Bro, get out. I, I am. I am. Anyway, I was just getting to explain that, actually. Prior to modern tattoo guns, tattoo tools were made out of a variety of different materials. The tattoo tools used in Polynesia required two people to make a tattoo. These tools consist of a simple chisel and hammer. The chisel was usually made out of a bone that's either bird or human and so it would be shaved down to have needles at the end of them. The tattoo artist would make a series of little cuts in the skin, and then the ink would be hammered directly into the skin where the cuts were made. This method was called stick and poke, but in 1891, the first electric tattoo machine was patented by Samuel O'Reilly. The design was based on a modified version of the electric pen created by Thomas Edison. The arrival of the electric tattoo machine saw a steady increase in the popularity of tattoos. Inks changed too. Before inks used in guns were created using geological or mineral sources. Black ink was made using iron oxide or carbon, and cinnabar was used to make red. Different shades of orange, red, and yellow were made using different cadmium compounds. Recently, modern technology has seen a shift away from the mineral-based pigments Organic pigments are now more commonly used. Modern-day inks also contain a variety of filters, binding agents, and preservatives. Alright, so let's discuss the more modern history of tattoos. We'll start with the 20th century, and then we'll kind of go on from there. We'll probably go decade by decade, because a decent amount of stuff happened in the 20th century in terms of the development of tattoos. The 1910s. At the beginning of the 20th century, the majority of tattoos were found on circus performers or sailors. Tattoos were used to tell someone's personal story, as well as their professions. For example, it was common for a sailor to have an anchor tattoo. From here, the traditional art form continued to grow and had somewhat more of a practical purpose. Many of the tattoos were used for identification purposes if sailors fell overboard or drowned. Seamen would get tattoos from the different ports they, that they sailed to. The tattoos symbolized the different destinations as well as the length of their journey. A turtle tattoo would mean that a sailor has crossed the equator, and a swallow tattoo symbolized a journey of 5,000 miles. The 1920s. Throughout the 1920s, cosmetic tattoos became very popular among women. 
Traditionally designed tattoos were still less common throughout society and were not very socially acceptable. It was still mainly the so-called outcasts, such as circus performers, sailors, and criminals who sported tattoos. As tattoos were so socially unacceptable, most women would keep their cosmetic tattoos a secret. The 1930s. In the 1930s, social security numbers appeared, and everyone was told to memorize their own personal number. Many resorted to tattooing their social security numbers on their bodies so they could always have access to it. However, tattoos were still not socially acceptable. Those who got a social security number tattoo did more so out of necessity rather than desire. Tattoos were still only accepted on performers, sailors, and criminals, not upstanding members of society. With the 1930s, we also saw new theories across society. Albert Pari released a book arguing that the whole process of getting a tattoo was essentially sexual. With literature like this circulating, it's no surprise that tattoos were taboo throughout this decade. The 1940s. Thematically, tattoos in the 40s were most centered around nautical or military motifs. There was also an increase in patriotic tattoos due to World War II. The war saw an increase in women in the workplace as well as increase of women getting tattoos. This fundamental shift in tattoo design saw tattoo acceptance rise. Increased popularity meant that decorative ink came out of the shadows and was sported far more than in previous decades. The 1950s. Throughout the 1950s, tattoos became a reflection of masculinity. While it became trendy, there was still a negative social stigma around tattoos. Those with tattoos were more likely to be labeled as criminals or thugs. Society had shifted backwards slightly. And once again, tattoos were seen as the mark of the outcast. For those who had continued to get inked, the trend of nautical tattoos continued through the 50s. The decade also saw an increase in popularity of chest tattoos. The 1960s. Not much really happened in the evolution of tattoos in society during the 1960s. I mean, tattoo parlors in New York were blamed for the increase of hepatitis throughout the 60s. While this may or may not have actually been true, it certainly created a negative stigma around the tattoo industry. This meant a lot of people steered clear of getting a tattoo throughout this decade. The 1970s. The 1970s saw tattoos really becoming more mainstream and popular. No longer were they reserved for the outcasts of society, now regular people wanted to get them too. Peace symbols and messages of peace were particularly popular in this decade. The 70s also saw a new style with detailed and intricate designs gaining popularity. Full sleeve tattoos and bodysuits began emerging on young people. The 1980s. The decade of rebellion that was the 1980s saw tattoos get bigger and brighter still. The music scene also impacted the flourishing tattoo industries, particularly rock and roll. Many people would get inked after being inspired by their favorite rock stars' tattoos. By the 80s, society was finally on board with tattoos and were, at last, socially acceptable. For most people, anyway. Because stigmas dropped away, more and more regular people got tattoos. The 1990s. Just like in the 80s, celebrities played a big part in the main tattoo trends of the 90s. One of the most iconic and popular tattoo designs of the 1990s was the Pamela Anderson's barbed wire armband. Other popular designs from this decade include tribal designs, Chinese letters, as well as tattoos of the sun. Questions about the West's use of tribal and traditional tattoo designs started being asked across the world. The rise of digital communications enabled global debates about ethics and appropriation. The 2000s. The beginning of the 21st century saw lower back tattoos increase in popularity. The so-called tramp stamp, 
became one of the most fashionable places for women to get tattoos. Butterfly and yin-yang symbols also gained attraction. Celebrities continued to steer trends in a certain direction, and star tattoos rose in popularity largely thanks to the singer Rihanna. The 2010s So far, the 2010s have seen trends related to both the design and the placement of tattoos. Small tattoos in unusual places like the fingers or behind the ears are now very popular. Many people are opting for quirky and creative designs. Well, that wraps up our journey going through the evolution of tattoos over time. So now we're going to get into the art aspect of tattoos. So, I'm joined here with Lola, and so I'm going to be asking her a couple of questions about art and the tattoo industry, kind of how they're like interrelated. So you took part in a drawing challenge called Inktober. Uh, basically, it's where there's a new prompt for an ink drawing to be done every day during the month of October. The themes of Inktober can be seen heavily in the tattooing industry, where tattoo artists make permanent art every time they inject ink into the skin. In your experience of Inktober this year, what were some of the challenges you faced with the medium of using like ink? Well, the thing is that using ink in art, usually, um, it's really, really hard to fix any mistakes once they're on the page. Uh, for example, if you use like too much ink or uh, you get like an ink blot on the page, you can try and clean it up, but it's probably going to smudge or mess up the line art that you've already started. Uh, but that's usually a different story when it comes to skin. Um, on paper, if you make a mistake uh, and you can't really fix it, uh, you can either use another medium to cover it up, like paint, or redraw the line art with another sheet and then try again. But with skin, you can't do any of that. Um, it's also very hard to fill in very large sections with ink, uh, so you'll have to plan in advance on how you're actually going to proceed with using the inks that you use so they can be effective in what you're trying to convey. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. So when you're tattooing, you're not only working with the hard medium of the ink, but you're also dealing with the fact that the tool you're using to draw the like piece of art is vibrating in your hands. So it's much harder to control and so you have to have a lot of experience to actually do tattoos. It makes sense why people that are more experienced usually are the ones that are getting paid more. So the next question is actually also about your experience with Inktober. Um, so what aspects of the art piece that you were working on would you normally focus most on uh, with this less than normal medium during Inktober? So usually during my experience with Inktober this year, uh, I was mostly focusing on two things, uh, making sure that the line art was finished without any mistakes um, at the certain pressure uh, that I needed uh, within the piece, and shading. Um, again, with line art, I try to keep my lines very short so there's no chance of any ink blotch accidents. Um, with shading, uh, it usually takes me a few minutes and a few thumbnails to help me kind of visualize um, where the light source is coming from before I actually go into the full piece so I don't mess up. Yeah, what's actually really interesting is that when tattoo artists are designing a tattoo, they actually focus on making the line work and shading as specific as possible so that when they actually do the tattoo, they have a very strong reference to the image that they're creating. All right, well, thanks, Lola, for coming on the podcast. It was a lot of fun, and I learned some new stuff about Inktober. Thanks for having me. It was really nice to talk about Inktober this year. Once again, that was Lola. She talked about Inktober this year. And it helped me realize a lot that the art industry and the tattooing industry really correlate a lot, especially in the difficulty of using ink as an effective medium. 
and how they focus on specific aspects of a piece of art when using ink as their medium. Well, that brings us to the end of our first podcast. I'm Chris Bridges, and this has been Inked Up.